Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Good morning, everybody. I'm Steve, and I'd like to welcome you all to today's Coach House Beacon. Just think back for a moment to when you were at school. Maybe that's a long time ago, or maybe it's fairly recently. Which lessons did you like, and which lessons did you really want to get out of? I know that I didn't especially like the history class. There was a lot of detail to learn, and it involved writing long and boring essays. I dropped the subject as soon as I could. But as I grew older and started visiting historical sites, it became apparent that history wasn't quite so boring after all. In fact, I have come to realise that what you know about the past often dictates how you respond to situations today. Your opinion on things happening around the world will ultimately depend on how much you know about the history behind the events. Now, in the New Testament, there's a book called Hebrews. The author writes about people in Israel's past who had showed great faith. He writes in depth about Abel, Enoch, Abraham, Moses and Jacob. And then at the end of this section mentions a few others who also showed great faith. Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel. Hmm, okay. So, I thought I knew my Bible quite well. I know who David is. He's the one who tackled Goliath. I know Samson is. He's the guy with the dodgy haircut. But Yefter? Who on earth is Yefter? Well, I guess if he's listed with all these other famous people, then he must be important. Maybe we need to find out a little bit more about Yefter. Well, Yefter's story appears in the book of Judges, and it's a good one. He gets three whole chapters. But despite this, he isn't well known. And I think this probably stems from the fact that his story is a little bit complicated, and he makes a bad mistake. Now, in order to fully appreciate the story, of course, we need to consider it in the context of its time. So during the period covered by the book of Judges, there is this repeating theme. It goes something like this. The people have a nice life. They turn away from God. God lets their enemies oppress them. They cry out to God. God rescues them. Everyone is happy. And the cycle starts again. So at the beginning of this story, the enemy was a people group called the Ammonites. And by now, they were already camped in Gilead. In other words, they had already invaded Israel. Gilead was located on the east side of the River Jordan, in the territory that had originally been allocated to the tribe of Gad. Let's read the introduction to Yefter from chapter 11 of Judges and find out a bit more about who he was. Now, Yefter of Gilead was a great warrior. He was the son of Gilead, but his mother was a prostitute. Gilead's wife also had several sons, and when these half-brothers grew up, they chased Yefter off the land. So Yefter fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob. Soon he had a band of worthless rebels following him. 
Now later, when the Ammonites invaded, the people of Gilead decided to bring Yefter back to lead them against this enemy. Just reflect on this for a moment. In the good times, they didn't want Yefter around because he was different. But in the bad times, they suddenly realised they had need of his skills. Are there people that we know that we don't have much time for? People who we marginalise? Just think for a moment. One day, we might need them. So back to the main points of the story. As I said, it covers three chapters. <clears throat> so what we'll need to do is summarise it as best we can. <clears throat> so Yefter had been hired as a warrior and was expected to go and fight. But as he went out to meet the king of Ammon, he decided to try diplomacy first. Better to settle a matter by, matter by talking rather than by brute force. We should note that this approach was fully in accordance with the law of Moses, as stated in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 20. So, this is the first sign of the depth of Yefta's knowledge. So, Yefta sent a messenger ahead to find out what the problem was. The king of Ammon, in short, replied, accusing the Israelites of stealing their territory when they left Egypt. Now, it's at this point that Yefta needs to give the king of Ammon a history lesson. Yefta points out that the land in question had actually belonged to the Amorites at that time and not the Ammonites. I know, it's a bit confusing, isn't it, that they sound so similar? It's important to know that at that time, the Amorites had gone to the extent of challenging the Israelites in battle. The Israelites were just going somewhere. They weren't after a fight. But the reason basically was because the Amorites didn't want the Israelites crossing their land on the way to the Promised Land. Yefter also pointed out to the king of Ammon that it was God himself who had given Israel the victory. And therefore it was God himself who had given them that land. Ammon never had any part in that land and hence had no rightful claim over it now. You see, Yefter knew he was in the right because he knew both the history and the law. The king of Ammon could not confuse Yefter by presenting a perverted version of history because Yefter had taken the time and effort to learn the truth. Yefter's response was based on the trust that he had in God and God's word, and it was this faith for which he was commended by the writer of the Hebrews. Obviously the king of Ammon did not agree with Yefter, and so a battle ensued. The Bible records the result. Yefter led his army against the Ammonites, and the Lord gave him the victory. He crushed the Ammonites. But this was not the end of the matter, as another tribe of Israel decided to get involved. The Ephraimites, <clears throat> descendants of Ephraim, uh, one of Joseph's sons, quickly arrived on the scene. But instead of congratulating Yefta and helping to secure the borders, they decided to threaten Yefta for not calling them out sooner. In fact, they threatened to burn down his house with him in it. Not a very nice way to treat someone who has just eliminated one of their common enemies. 
but once again Yefta shows his knowledge of history. Now Yefta knew that the Ephraimites had pulled a similar stunt some years before, after Gideon had defeated the Midianites. On that occasion Gideon used diplomacy to defuse the situation, but Yefta was not so forgiving. He defeated the Ephraimites and then went on to kill any Ephraimite that had got away and were caught trying to make their way home. Yefta was just a man sent by God, like all the other judges, to rescue the people of Israel. The heroes of the Old Testament are not just there as historical characters, but to point the way towards someone who would come later. Someone who would not just come to save the people of Israel, but to bring salvation to all people. That person was Jesus Christ. And he had all the good bits from the Old Testament heroes and none of the bad bits. The judges were all flawed in some way, but each showed some small part of Jesus' characteristics. And we can see, can't we, throughout his ministry, Jesus made full use of his knowledge of history and the law. Now this story is essentially about whether Israel had occupied a certain territory lawfully or not and about whether any other people had any right to be there. Now, does this sound familiar? Modern-day Israel faces the same problem that Yefta had. Its enemies want to take territory away from Israel, and often try to promote this by advancing a flawed version of history. When we see this flawed version of history repeated on mainstream news or on, on other internet outlets, we can find it all too easy to fall for the arguments they're making. We can find ourselves believing that they're in the right and that Israel is somehow in the wrong. To avoid falling into this trap, we need to learn the history, such that we understand why the situation in Israel exists as it does today, and then we won't be misled by popular opinion. We need to remember that the Israel of today occupies the same land that God gave to Israel after defeating the Amorites. Some of the land Israel occupies today was gained in exactly the same way as it was then. In 1967 and 1973, it was Israel's enemies that started wars. These conflicts followed exactly the same pattern as the conflict with the Amorites, with, unsurprisingly, the same result. Land was conceded to Israel, not because Israel deliberately went out to take it, but because the enemies were not content to let Israel live in peace. So now we know who Yefta was. Yes, he fully deserves his place on that list of faithful heroes of old. Yefta was considered faithful because he trusted God and took time to understand history. My prayer for you today is that you will take time to learn the history, and also that you will be considered faithful. Amen. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram, or on our website at www coachhousechurch.org